We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal... The topic of today's show is misogyny 2.0. I talked about it last week and I said we're now a culture of misogynists. We've now admitted that we hate women. I'm going to go back and cover a story from 2019 that I wrote about. And that is the abolition of women. And that if women don't exist, then they have no... Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you for listening to the show. All right, the topic today is, like I said, misogyny 2.0. Now, why am I saying that? Well, because I covered this story last Friday. I said that we are now a nation of misogynists. It's official. As a... And in last week's show, I gave you my reasons for making that claim. And I'm going to repeat them again today in the second half of the show. August of 2019 to be exact, and it's a story of Mario Lopez, and it's a story that I titled The Abolition of Women. I want to remind you of what I said then. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, does it? But the world has changed, and exactly what I was telling you then, what I was warning of then, exactly what I said would happen has happened. Oh, a lot of people, even conservatives, said that'll never happen. You're exaggerating. This is conspiracy theory nonsense. That's crazy talk. We'll never go there. Well, we are here. We are here. We're denying the reality of... It's as if we've written a sequel to C.S. Lewis's Abolition of Man, and we've titled it The Abolition of Women. That's today's show. All right, if you want to... Subscribe to The Rebellion. Remember that you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. If you'd like to access my books, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and the sequel to it, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe But It's Good, or my first book, Why I'm a Liberal, quote-unquote, and other conservative ideas, you can go to my website, which is dreverettpiper.com. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R.com. If you want me to speak at your church or political event, fundraiser or whatnot, you can go to that website, click on the menu bar, and you'll see a tab therein that allows you to schedule me for speaking. If you want to find any back issues of my weekly column in the Washington Times, you can go to that website and all those. Let's take an early break, and when I get back, I want to cover this 2019 story of Mario Lopez, a story that I titled The Abolition of Women. I'll explain to you why, and then I'm going to give you a review of what I said last Friday. And you decide. You decide. Where have we come since 2019? Have women fared better, or have their rights been taken away on a daily basis? You tell me. I'm Dr. Everett Piper.
In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So the story is from August 2nd, 2019. I titled it, The Abolition of Women. The subtitle of this article that I wrote for the Washington Times on is, If schools support women, why do they teach young men that women aren't real? All right, here's what I said. If there was any remaining question that corporate oligarchs in today's educational ruling class now have near Orwellian control over all of American culture, this week's news should remove all doubt. Now remember, this is news from 2019. I want you to hear this story. Listen to what I'm saying right now in the context of what's happened since. And some of the claims that were being made then when I wrote this article that This was an exaggeration. It was hyperbole. Another example of conservatives acting all crazy and embracing conspiracy theories. I want you to listen to what I wrote back then. And I want you to just be asking yourself this basic question. Was it appropriate? Was it a fair warning? What has happened since? All right, let's go on with the story. Take, for example, the story of Dr. Alan Josephson a distinguished professor and director of the Division of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the University of Louisville, who was recently not only removed from his leadership position, but also informed that his contract for the upcoming 2019-20 academic year would not be renewed. Again, this was a story in 2019. Alan Josephson, Dr. Alan Josephson, a distinguished professor and director of the Division of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the University of Louisville. He was removed from his leadership position and he was not offered a contract for the upcoming school year. Why? What was his crime? Well, Dr. Josephson dared to challenge the medical wisdom of gender affirmation, quote-unquote, and the corresponding surgical sex change treatments that were being prescribed for that diagnosis within that paradigm, that gender-affirming paradigm. And for such unacceptable thinking, Dr. Josephson was declared verboten 
by the Louisville intellectual Third Reich, and he was summarily fired. So this guy isn't necessarily a Christian. I don't even know that he's conservative. He is a professor of psychiatry. He was the director of child psychiatry for the University of Louisville. And because he dared question the political agenda of gender affirmation, saying, wait a second, I'm not sure we should be butchering young girls' bodies, or young boys' bodies for that matter, he was fired. Here's another story that I wrote about then. Let's consider the news of Hollywood star Mario Lopez, who at the threat of excommunication was forced by today's cabal of cultural high priests to bow in contrition at the rainbow altar and confess his sins. What was his transgression, you ask? Well, Mr. Lopez dared to suggest, listen to this, this is a real story. Lopez dared to suggest that a three-year-old can't be trusted to choose her own lunch, let alone choose her own gender. He was referring to a three-year-old people. A three-year-old. And for pointing out what I would hope 99.9% of all thinking human beings know to be obvious, the star of Saved by the Bell and Dancing with the Stars and Hollywood's Extra was threatened with life and limb and loss of career and therefore forced to issue a Cranmer-like recantation by day's end. One wonders if the Bloody Marys of the Ivory Tower and our nation's corporate boardrooms will still demand his execution anyway. And then you have the story of New York City Queens Public Library. Again, this is 2019. And they increased its budget. The New York City Queens Public Library increased their own budget and designated $25,000 of that increase to drag queen story hours. Okay, this is 2019. What has happened since? I was warning of it then. You had a public library in Queens increasing its budget and designating $25,000 to drag queen story hours. And what do those story hours do? They shamelessly target children as young as four and five years of age to be used as pawns in this grisly game of adult sexual politics. And then I said this, who can forget the case of Marcia Da Silva, an owner of a home-based woman's salon in Canada, who is being sued, and I said is because that was present tense back in 2019. She was being sued by a transgender woman otherwise known as a biological male, with all the accompanying physical accoutrements, okay, because she, i.e. Ms. Da Silva, refused to provide a Brazilian wax to this woman's scrotum. No, in case you haven't read this story, I'm not making this one up. That was a true story. A male who had not had the surgery to remove his genitalia was going into a woman's salon and demanding a Brazilian wax. And this, this owner of the salon said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she was persecuted. She was persecuted for denying this man his right to intrude into women's spaces. And, and, and then finally, even I, I warned of this then. 
I said it in 2019, in my hometown, in the heartland of America, the reddest of red states, in Oklahoma, where we still believe that God is actually found in what you read in the Bible and not what you see in the mirror. Corporate executives at ConocoPhillips and whatnot recently chose to champion a pride picnic in a local park complete with rainbow flags and all things LGBTQ, which, by the way, by definition, makes them, these corporate execs, and Bartlesville complicit in promoting everything that I'm citing above in these other stories. And aside from the obvious arrogance of these cultural elites pushing their valueless values on all of American society, there is another common thread to all of these stories that is even more disturbing. And what is it? In case you missed it, here it is. Today's ruling class has a palpable disregard for women. They are misogynists. And their picnics and parades and policies prove that they're proud of it. And then I went on in this 2019 article and I said this, think about it. If our schools support women, then why do they teach our youngest girls that women aren't even real? I'm going to read that question again. If our schools support women, if they're pro-woman, then why do they teach our youngest girls that women, women, Females are not even real. If our politicians believe in women's rights, then why do they refuse to protect a woman's most basic right? Even to have her own bathroom. If our progressive exemplars believe it's wrong for a man to ever force his genitals on a woman, then how is it ever right for these smarter-than-thou folks to force a woman to wax a man's genitals? I was asking that question in 2019. If corporate executives truly believe in the dignity of women, which ConocoPhillips and Trudy Credit Union, Phillips 66, Chevron, all of our elites here in Bartlesville, if they truly believe in the dignity of women, then why would they proudly promote the cultural appropriation of men assuming a status and identity they have no right to assume? If all these feminists really believe in equal rights for the female, then why do they persist in denying the feminine and pretending a female is a fantasy and a fabrication and not a biological fact? And here's another question. If our nation's leading universities really do support gender inclusion, then why would they exclude a professor for defending the objective integrity of the female gender, which is what, jo- what Dr. Josephson was doing? The question we should all be asking of the rulers at the helm of corporate America today is this. What could possibly be more degrading to a female employee than to have her employer publicly support the blackfacing of a woman in a manner that is just as cartoonish, grotesque, and insulting as it was when white people dressed up in literal blackface to mimic and mock people of color? I mentioned in the introduction, C.S. Lewis, The Abolition of Man. Well, he warned us in that book of a time when we would become a characterless culture of men without chests. That's his quote, men without chests. And what did he mean by that? He meant that we were a people who had had the organ of virtue removed from their soul that we have a cavity where there used to be a heart, a soul, a mind, an understanding of revelation, that we've become men without chests. 
he used another analogy here, that we've gelded the stallion and bidded him be fruitful. We've removed the organ, in other words, and demand the function. We amputate the soul and demand virtue, in other words. So when he talked about the abolition of man, he was talking about a time where we become a people, such as what I just described. But even the prophetic insight and foresight of the great Oxford Don, C.S. Lewis, even he fell short on this score, perhaps. Even Lewis didn't foresee the next domino to fall. And that would be this, that we would become a culture of women without breasts. Not just men without chests, but women without breasts. So proud that we have abolished man that we now proudly celebrate the abolition of women. So I wrote about that in 2019. And I told you before I read or went over this story that I wanted you to be thinking, what's happened since? Well, COVID has happened, and that distracted us from all of this nonsense. But while COVID was playing itself out, this abolition of women was continuing. Our Senate actually confirmed a Supreme Court justice who was asked during the confirmation hearings, can you tell me what a woman is? And she said, no, I'm not a biologist. Now, the the irony there is she was actually suggesting, I guess, that the definition of a woman is biological and that there is a, an empirical definition of a female, that a female is a fact, not a fabrication, but yet this Supreme Court justice refused to answer the question in an objective, empirical fashion. A woman is X. No, she refused to answer it. In the meantime, we've continued to have drag queen story hours in our public libraries and now drag queen parties in our public parks. I was bemoaning the fact in 2019 that ConocoPhillips and Truity Credit Union and Chevron and State Farm Insurance, etc. were hosting, sponsoring, promoting a rainbow parade in a local park. Well, they've doubled down. They now have conducted drag queen parties in a local public park where they've had minors attending and distributing dollar bills, teaching these minors how to give those dollar bills to adult males who are performing sexual, provocative, and purient routines in front of these children. I warned of it. I said it's coming. Oh, that'll never happen. You're crazy. That's a conspiracy theory. More hyperbole from the right. More exaggeration. I warned you all about this. And then last week I talked about it again. Okay? And this past weekend I wrote an article that summarizes last Friday's show. And I want to review that with you as we close out today's program. This week's article in the Washington Times, dated April 23rd, 2023, just some four years after this other article I wrote, I said this, over the past several weeks, as the average American watched in stunned silence as the world burned, the lead story that seemed to have entirely escaped the attention of the mainstream media is our culture's near-universal degradation of women and their rights. And then I went through the following stories. I cited them last week for you, but I want you to remember them. NCAA championship swimmer Riley Gaines 
is assaulted at a San Francisco State University event. She's punched multiple times by a man wearing a dress. I mean, just listen to that. A woman, a female NCAA championship swimmer, is speaking at San Francisco State University, and she's punched multiple times by a man, a dude wearing a dress. And why did he punch her? It's simple. Ms. Gaines was speaking out in defense of women's athletics and the right of biological females to have their own sports. And what did you hear from the media? Crickets. The story of Dylan Mulvaney. This is a young man who mocks women by dressing up in exaggerated costume. And he's featured as an icon of, quote, female representation, close quote, in a Bud Light marketing campaign. And why do I put that in quotes? That's Bud Light's own comment that Dylan Mulvaney, a man, is an icon, is the face, the poster child, of female representation. And the establishment press reacted with little but a shrug. Apparently, the misogynistic blackfacing of an actual woman is no longer newsworthy. And then you had volleyball player Peyton McNabb, a senior at a North Carolina High School, and she testified to her state legislature that she suffered a concussion, neck injury, partial paralysis, impaired vision, and unremitting headaches as a result of taking a spiked ball in the face from a male athlete claiming to be a female. And what was the response from CNN, MSNBC, Don Lemon, Whoopi Goldberg? Well, as you know, we're still waiting. In New Hampshire, Katie Lennon, L-E-N-N-O-N, Katie Lennon, who was encouraged by what can only be described as a modern-day version of witch doctors to transition from female to male at age 18. Okay, she's 18, and she's got these witch doctors telling her to transition from male to female. What's that mean? She suffered irreparable damage of having healthy organs removed from her body via a double mastectomy and a radical hysterectomy. Stop and think about that. Healthy organs are being removed. She has the medical establishment telling her to remove healthy organs. This would be akin to telling somebody to amputate their arms and their legs because they're delusional and confused. And the silence of the fact-checkers in Facebook, YouTube, Snopes, all others, the silence is deafening. And while all this is happening, the story I, I mentioned last week, this is all happening. And the UN International Committee of Jurists, the UICJ, the UN International Committee of Jurists, an official group, subcategory of the United Nations, It calls to eliminate all laws worldwide against sexual intercourse between adults and minors. Oh, that's an exaggeration, you say. No, it's not. They said that anyone below 18 years of age should be able to consent to sexual relationships with those that are older than 18. You might say, well, they're just referring to 17-year-olds. That's not what they say. They could have said that. Anyone between the ages of 16 and 18. 
but no lower. They could have said that. They chose not to. They just said below 18. And by definition, that would be anyone below 18, right? Otherwise, they would have qualified it, but they didn't. So the UN International Committee of Jurists just called to eliminate all laws against sexual intercourse between adults and minors. And and what's the result of this? Well, it's open season for old men to prey on young girls. That's what it is. You got to wonder who these men are on the International Committee of Jurists at the United Nations and what their sexual practices and proclivities are. Don't you? These moral exemplars. And what about the folks at CBS and ABC and NBC? What did they say about this? Not a peep. Now, I'm arguing that the common thread to all of the stuff that I'm talking about today, the 2019 stories, Josephson, Mario Lopez, the owner of the women's spa in Canada, the common thread to all of this, the stories today, volleyball players, swimmers, the United Nations, all of these stories have a common thread, and I would argue it's irrefutable. The common thread is misogyny. Nearly every gain feminists have achieved over the centuries has been lost in what seems like the blink of an eye. Women no longer have the right to their own restrooms or their own showers. They don't have the right to their own scholarships or their own sports. Women no longer even have the right to their own biology, their genetics, or DNA. My goodness, Women no longer even have the right to their own pronouns. Today, a woman doesn't even exist as a legally defined category any longer. A woman doesn't exist. Legally. Stop and think about that. That is not an exaggeration. A woman does not exist. Matt Walsh does a documentary where he simply asks, what is a woman? And he's being canceled across social media right now. He's being maligned and mocked, marginalized. They've hacked into his system. Matt Walsh simply asked the question, what is a woman? And he sat and listened. Female identity is now meaningless because it has no objective meaning. Feminism feminism is dead. I've said it over and over again. You can't be a feminist if you deny the female. If a woman is not a biological fact, if a woman is nothing but a fantasy, a fabrication, a construct of culture, then our culture now hates women. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're going to steal somebody's dignity and identity, if you're going to tell them that they do not exist as a empirically defined term, and that they can be mocked, maligned, ridiculed, mimicked. Other people can, be, can pretend to be what they really are. If you're going to tell a group of people that, then you've just legally defined them out of existence. It's what we tried to do with Jews. That's what we tried to do with blacks. It's what we tried to do with Native Americans define them out of existence. And now we're doing it to women. Now, why are we surprised? Why does this demeaning of women catch us off guard? 
I mean, seriously, can we take anyone serious who pretends to be shocked? If we have any measure of honesty left in our cultural soul, the answer has to be no. This story was as predictable as the sunrise, in my view. We all knew this would happen. All we needed to do was look at our public schools and what we've been teaching for decades. Yes, I'm going to blame our schools again. For years, our schools have mocked chivalry and self-control. Why are we shocked to find we live in a society governed by CADs? For decades, we've taught our children there are no boundaries. Why are we surprised that we have raised a generation of young men whose nihilism is boundless? And year in and year out, we've taught our children the merits of sexual experimentation rather than the virtue of sexual restraint. And now we wonder why our country lacks virtue and our culture is fixated on sex. Nearly 100 years ago, G.K. Chesterton warned. Here it is. The terrible danger in the heart of our society is that the tests are giving way. We are altering not the evils, but the standard of good by which alone evils can be detected and defined. I read that last week, and I want you to hear it again. The terrible danger at the heart of society is that the tests are giving way. We are altering not the evils, but the standards of good by which alone evils can be detected and defined. And then Chesterton said this, The next great heresy is going to be simply an attack on morality, and especially on sexual morality. And it is coming from those resolved to enjoy themselves with nothing to hold them back. The attack has come. Ideas have consequences. And when our schools teach little boys, it's more important to know how to copulate safely rather than control themselves. You're going to get a culture that uses, abuses, and hates women because they've been taught to do so. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.